today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, if you plan to go to Russia with Rick Steves this summer, it's time to make other plans. And the Queen Mary in Long Beach is going to live to see another day. Details next in the news. Airlines have figured out a lot of ways to separate us from our money. Paying for seating is just one of them. Some people refuse to pay up or fly on airlines that don't charge for them. But there are a few times when you may want to consider paying for your seat. Mark explains in our Smarter Traveler segment at 320. Film festivals are popping up all over the country, but we have one in Sonoma that is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year with an impressive lineup of films, plus the people who star in and make them. We'll tell you all about it at 335. You know, a lot of companies, including those in the hospitality industry, had kudos to International Women's Day last week, but some of them got caught in a public relations blunder. We'll explain at 350. Thank you for the privilege of your time and attention this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Welcome to The Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. Thanks for joining us today. Mark, uh, how are you doing? What's going on? Everybody, of course, is looking for a for a hip update. I, I mean, this is the only place that I know of where we, <laughs> unless you're a sports fan and your favorite, uh, your favorite player's out with an injury. If you're a sports fan and you're a baseball fan, the news is finally good. Yeah. So yeah. we are going to have some some baseball. Uh, of course, it happened just about you know twenty minutes too late for us to go down on our annual spring training excursion. But uh, at least there will be some baseball uh, this season, and it looks like starting starting pretty soon. So that's good news. And in terms of the other update, um, I have journeyed a little bit from town as we talk. I am in Santa Barbara. Um, with uh, one of my staff members, and we are down here looking at uh, putting together a tour package. In fact, Southwest Airlines is about to announce, I don't know if it came out in Sacramento Friday because I wasn't there, but it was announced on our news feed that we received that a nonstop flight from Sacramento to Santa Barbara will start in June, uh, middle of the day. There will be a, a, a one one flight in each direction. So we are here looking for ways to turn Santa Barbara into a cool tour destination for some sports leisure travelers. And, of course, we had the Santa Barbara folks on the program a few weeks ago, and I suspect we will have them on again. And some people from some of the surrounding destinations, uh, including the Danish village of Solvang, as we uh, explore this whole central coast area, Tom, uh, between San Luis Obispo and Santa Maria and Santa Barbara and all the little communities around it have really gotten a lot of positive publicity recently i will tell you that um hotel prices in the greater santa barbara area at least are not for the weak at heart if you're planning on staying here in santa barbara proper 
Um, it's not going to be inexpensive, but there are a few little diamonds in the rough. We'll talk about those on a future show and uh, some communities, some surrounding communities where you can get uh, very, uh, very reasonably priced accommodations. And there's a lot to see and do along here, around here on the Central Coast. So perhaps having a direct flight down here in a couple of months, a nonstop on Southwest, will dramatically change the way people look at this part of the state, because after all, right now to get here, it's almost a two. We drove almost two hours over from the Burbank Airport, which is the closest airport flying full size aircraft that you can mm-hmm. get here without going around your elbow to get to your rear end type of thing. Wow, that's going to be great for a direct flight from Southwest. Well, keep uh, listening to the Travel Guys every Sunday at three, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll bring you up to date on uh, when Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, uh, excursion to Santa Barbara is uh, on the calendar. In the meantime, at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark. Well, let's see here. Of course, right now, the whole world is focused on what is going on overseas in Ukraine. Um, Rick Steves, who a gentleman who is very popular for his uh, public television appearances, um, and also has a company, escorts a number of tours to various parts of the planet every year. He has announced he has canceled all of his tours to Russia. Um, he's still operating his other trips to Europe, but has sent a message to the people who travel with him, uh, basically saying that Russia's aggressive action is heartbreaking for the death, suffering, and economic turmoil that will cause in Ukraine and indirectly at least beyond. So he has decided not to go to Russia. It appears as though a lot of people, Tom, are rethinking the possibility of traveling to Europe this summer. Um, a recent uh, survey that came out last week, here are some numbers um, of the people who said that they were ready to go to Europe this summer. Forty seven percent are saying they're going to wait and see uh, because they're not right now. They're 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 getting a little antsy. Twenty percent have said they're not going for certain. Twenty uh, percent have said they are not are they are going to delay their departure and try to go later on this year. And then there are a couple of other categories. But basically, it looks at like 87 percent of the people who had post covid said, all right, exhale and saying, you know, I'm going to make that trip to to Europe. I think our, our buddy Ed Perkins is one of those people. Um, it looks as though a lot of them are reconsidering that right now. And that is going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on domestic, popular domestic destinations and hotels in those destinations. And I think next week we will spend some time talking about that. But for right now, uh, words to the, to the wise. If you are planning on going someplace in these United States, and I will even include popular Canadian destinations in this, this summer, if you were planning on going somewhere else and now you say, well, you know, let's go to Mount Rushmore, or let's go to Washington, D.C., just know that there are a whole lot of people like you who are making the same decision right now. So my advice to you, if you're going to travel in the U.S. this summer and you haven't finalized your plans yet, is start doing it because the longer you wait, the more money it's going to cost you. How does that sound? Wow. You know, we, well, we already knew it was uh, there going to be a lot of supply and demand, a lot of demand. People haven't gone for a long time. And now uh, adding extra things to it, it's just going to get more pricey. The the only upside, and, and it's hard to say, you know, a lot of people had put away money for travel. 
if they didn't have yep. to spend it to buy groceries because maybe they were unemployed, then they, they might have that money to to, to spend this time around. But uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, plan ahead and keep listening to the travel guys for other tips to uh, to maybe help you out along the way. All right. What else you got? Well, the travel industry, Thomas, is, uh, has come up with a variety of ways to support Ukraine. There, I have received in numerous um, solicitations myself. Um, some wisdom to folks, just be real careful here. Um, a lot of people want to help. There are a lot of people who need help. There are a lot of ways to help. There are a lot of in situations where I'm not sure that you would know if your money really got to where it was going. And so uh, here on the Travel Guys, we're working on our expansive staff of one um, is working on a, a story for next week to try to give you a little bit of guidance on that on our website right now at travelguysradio.com. I have one charity, a Romanian charity that we were been able to vet pretty thoroughly that I'm fairly comfortable with recommending. Um, I might also suggest to you that if you're trying to help um, some of the people in the Ukraine right now, um, one kind of blanket way of doing that, particularly for the little ones, um, Save the Children is a very reputable organization, and uh, they spread their dollars around the planet. Certainly a lot of those dollars are going to be headed towards refugees and uh, people in, in Eastern Europe who need some help right now. So just be careful. There are a lot of folks who are soliciting money for various places, and some of them are very heartfelt and come with horrible pictures that are sent with to you online. But think past that. If you're going to give money, at least give it to some place where you can be reasonably certain that it's going to get to where it was intended. Okay, let's talk about a couple of domestic stories here. Uh, We mentioned in the headline that Long Beach's Queen Mary is going to be hosting events again after two years, including a summer music festival. Uh, We mentioned on a recent Travel Guys story that over $5 million were needed in immediate repairs into the Queen Mary to reopen it. The city of Long Beach has decided to make that investment and reopen the ship. No details yet on whether that includes accommodations um, on board. You used to be able to stay on board the old ocean liner or if they're just going to have special events and what restaurants will be open. But we'll keep an eye on that. It is a very popular tourist attraction in uh, Long Beach Harbor. Canard has named its first female captain. For the Queen Anne, mm-hmm. um, its newest ship, its first female captain is going in. She's been with Kennard for 25 years. Um, captain Inger Klein or Thorhag, um, the cruise line's first female captain. She will take the Queen Anne on its maiden voyage in early 2024 uh, from Southampton. So congratulations to her. St. Patrick's Day is next week. Um, who do you suppose, Tom? is the top city in the United States for St. Patrick's Day. And I have a warning, it might not be the one you think. Well, I'm thinking probably what a lot of our listeners are thinking. It would be, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be, I, I feel like I've heard this before. Uh, I'm going to say New York City. Uh, no, no, not New York. I think that the, a lot of people would guess Boston. Boston, sure. Because of the Celtics, you know. Uh, but no, Boston is, is number two on the list. New York is 11th. Uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia is the is the number one spot, and their criteria here um, has to do with beer sales, um, how many Irish people are in town, what types of who, who live in the in the metropolitan area, um, how many Irish pubs and restaurants per capita. 
lowest price for a three-star hotel on St. Patrick's Day, what the weather forecast um, generally is over that period of time, etc. Um, out of 149 cities, Sacramento finished, let's just say, up the track. Well over uh, 100. But anyway, Philadelphia, according to our friends at Wallet Hub, is the number one city for St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up, of course, this week. Hey, listen, let's go back over uh, to the war in Ukraine for a minute as it relates to travel companies. Um, hotel companies got some came under some fire last week as companies were announcing that they were not going to do business in Russia anymore. Uh, hotel companies were kind of slow to get on the bandwagon, but they did get on. By the end of the week, uh, Hyatt Hotels had announced that it would suspend uh, development uh, in, any, uh, in any new investments. Uh, it's looking to support customers and employees in Russia. They haven't shut down all of their uh, hotels yet, but they're in the process of it. They're also providing refugee accommodations across Europe. Uh, Marriott Hotels has closed its corporate office in Moscow, IHG, which is Holiday Inn, and Crown Plaza has suspended future investments, development activity, and new hotel openings, as well as shut down its corporate office. So what's important here is some of these guys are shutting down some things, but they haven't shut down all of their hotels yet. Uh, Hilton announced it's closed its corporate office in Moscow while ensuring continued work and pay for any impacted team members. So the hotels, it looks like, are starting to get it, but um, profits and money are getting in the way, um, which is something that quite generally happens. One more quick story here. Um, If you remember, Tom, about uh, a month ago, there was a bunch of folks who went on a Canadian charter flight down to Mexico, Mm -hmm. and they went. Uh, bananas on the flight. Do you remember? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, the, the, they, some of we, the images are burned in my brain. December thirtieth was actually <laughs> the date of the uh, the uh, flight. Um, Canada has some similar rules. United States, you have to wear masks, etc. These people were on a party plane. They thought they could do whatever they wanted. Um, anyways, the Canadian government has gone after them. Uh, six of them have already been fined. The maximum fine is five thousand dollars. Uh, of course, in the United States, if you do some things like that, you might get put on a do not fly list. Um, I'm not sure which is worse, being told that you can't fly on a particular airline anymore or somebody dipping into your wallet and taking out several thousand dollars. But it looks as though um, uh, the and there also are a couple of passengers on the plane that are are. Uh, they brought liquor on board and they were vaping on the plane and stuff broke some other rules that were not COVID related. So they're going to have to deal with that also. So uh, once again, a story of people misbehaving in the skies and it not ending well. So um, folks, just put on your big boy and big girl pants um, when you fly and that'll make life just a, a whole lot simpler for everybody and that is your travel news for today all righty and we are the travel guys remember links to our special guests and more always at travelguysradio.com welcome everyone mark and tom the travel and entertainment guys thanks for coming along we're here every sunday three to four don't forget you can find us on iHeartRadio or kfbk.com when you're on the road podcasts of course at travel guys radio too All right. At this particular point of the program, we do what's called the Smarter Traveler segment. And as we teased it at the top of the show, uh, we were talking about airlines uh, finding ways to separate us from our money. And then uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about paying for seats. Mark, what's your thoughts? Well, um, we've, we've, we've addressed this and fairly recently on the program. 
Uh, but the summer is coming up, and demand for air seats is going to be very high. And I had somebody who told me um, last week, we, I was talking to someone about this, and they, they, they said it's someone who has a family, um, generally travels with another family, and they said, well, you know, we travel southwest, so we don't pay for seating assignments because we just get on the plane and sit down, and everybody's, you know, the seating is open, and we're always able to sit together. And I thought, well, gosh, uh, that's great. But what happens if one day, you know, you end up in the C group um, and there's six of you, you're 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 not going to sit together. I mean, I can just flat out tell you that um, you can you know, ask a, a, the kindness of strangers to, to move and accommodate you, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. So anyways, um, paying for a seat on an airplane just seems inherently wrong to me. Um, I fly a lot of United Airlines, so. I don't have to pay for seats. I'm, I'm given a, an, a, an economy plus seat, a premium seat on United um, by virtue of the amount of money that I spend with them. I also, like the rest of you, can fly Southwest and I fly a lot. So I'm in their group that uh, that gives me an assigned number that's very low every time. So I personally, when I fly those two airlines, don't have to deal with this. But on the rare occasion that I'm on Delta or American or something like that, then I also have to pay up. For seats if I want them. And there are uh, some people who just say, you know, this is, as I said before, this is inherently wrong. I'm not going to pay for a seat. But there are some times when it really does make sense to pay that airline ransom for the seat. Um, one of those cases is that situation I'm talking about when you're traveling with a family. Um, you can gamble on Southwest if you want to on a, some a, an airline that just assigns seats and says, you know, or doesn't assign them, lets you get on board and pick them out. But also on Southwest, you can move up to higher, to lower boarding spaces and put all of your family together. It's going to cost you a few dollars, but a lot less than it would cost you on some of the other airlines. On United American Delta, uh, for example, on United, you can buy Economy Plus seats, um, or you can buy what is called preferred seating. Those preferred seats don't have any extra leg room, any extra space, or any anything. They're just a little closer to the front of the plane, and they may be a window or an aisle seat. In other words, there's something a little bit desirable, and the airline figures they can get you to pay 20 bucks for it. And so if, if you do, then they were right. So if you are in a situation where you're with the family, if you're in a tight connection situation, this is something we talked about here on the show a couple weeks ago, about connections in airports um, and how sitting in the back of the plane could cost you valuable minutes in when it comes time to get off. So um, if you know you've got a tight connection, you want to consider the possibility. Um, also, here's another thing. If you're traveling and you're a lady traveling alone, um, it, how comfortable are you going to be if you're assigned a middle seat between two men? So that's just something you have to think about. And finally, um, if you want to sleep on the plane, uh, obviously you want a window seat because you're not going to be bothered, particularly if it's a flight that's longer than an hour or so. Um, if you need to get up and move around on a plane, then you know, you know you've got a bad leg or something like that. You need to stretch from time to time. Then obviously you're going to want an aisle seat because you don't want to bother other people. So that might be a time when you might look to, to purchasing a seat. So those are some examples of some situations where you might want to look to purchasing a seat on an airplane. Are there situations where a travel agent, uh, you know, somebody like a, a Gwen Duncan uh, might come into play? If you're booking a, a family vacation, you're going to be flying a lot. You got four kids and two adults, and uh, you want to make sure that you you get the assigned seats. You're not really good at trying to figure this out yourself online. Can you 
can you uh, solicit some help somewhere? Well, yeah. I mean, a travel advisor can can help you through this mess. And the other thing is that now we have, you know, we have airlines like Spirit and Frontier who strip everything out. So you pay for every seat. You've got people like uh, United and Delta and American, the legacy carriers where you're, you know, they'll just they left left the seats in the very back of the plane um, for everybody to scramble for for free. So, yes, a travel advisor could help you through this. And with an airline ticket, uh, what they charge you for ticketing is probably not going to be very much. So that might be a place that you might go, particularly, Tom, if you are confused. But if you're traveling with a family or you've got a tight connection, those are two really critical times when you really should look at the possibility uh, at at least of of getting some kind of assignment, assigned seating so you know what you're getting into before you get on the plane. I am so spoiled, and I guess it's because I only travel to places that Southwest goes, uh, mm. where, you know, you can. If you want, you can pay the extra to get uh, to move up into the first uh, 15, 16, 20 boarding, uh, boarding areas uh, so that you can have everybody together. A lot of people fudge. You know, people that uh, with Southwest, they're always willing to accommodate. They see people with kids. People will, will move to another location and allow people to get together. It's, uh, it's good that way. All right. Well, listen. Yeah. Listen, listen I, I flew Southwest down uh, here to the Santa Barbara, to Southern California in Burbank the other day. Um, staff member uh, with me. Uh, we commented that they sang happy birthday to someone on the airplane. Only I've never heard that ever done on South on any airplane besides Southwest. And I've heard <laughs> it done on Southwest lots of times. <laughs> That's... Different atmosphere, just a whole different atmosphere. There you go. Hey there, folks. It's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And as always, remember links to our special guests and more can always be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. We promoted it, we talked about it, and now it's time to get it done, and that is talk about the Sonoma Film Festival. It's their 25th anniversary, and with me is Artistic Director Kevin McNeely. Kevin, thank you so much for spending some time with the Travel Guys today. Oh, the Travel Guys are cool, and and thank you, Tom and Mark. Um, I hope that your hip gets better, and and we're so excited because in a couple weeks, it's our 25th, Tom, as you said, March 23rd through the 27th. Now, a lot of folks, uh, you know, there's a lot of film festivals around, and and it's kind of sometimes difficult to choose which one which one to go to uh, for somebody that hasn't been before. Tell us a little bit about what the experience is like for somebody who has the, the lineage that the uh, yep. film festival has. Oh, you're, you're exactly right. God, to, to be accurate, there are 1200 film festivals in the United States. And, and here's the thing, less than 20% of films that go through, whether it be Cannes or Sundance or Toronto, which are the big boys, um, less than 20% ever get picked up for distribution. So those other films, unless you go to the film festivals, you're never going to see them. Why would you go to the Sonoma International Film Festival? Well, if you like film, food, wine, and fun, that's one good reason. The other good reason is that we are maybe one of the only walkable film festivals. So when you get to the historic Sonoma Plaza, park your car, all eight screening venues are within walking distance of one another. 
and we start on Wednesday and we go to Sunday. And Tom, we have 120 films from 35 different countries. So you guys are all about travel and you're all about entertainment. So I promise you, your listeners are going to have a blast. It's not just about seeing films. There just sounds like there's just so much more to do. You guys have a special honoree this time around? Yes, we do. We, we have the lovely Jacqueline Bissett, one of the original Bond girls. She's in a film called Lauren and Rose, and we can't wait to welcome her. And if your listeners like um, my dinner with Andre, they're going to love Lauren and Rose. And so it's it's fantastic that she's making the effort to come. Our opening night film, um, we have the Knee Brothers, and they directed a, a, a little film that's called The Lost City. That mm-hmm. stars a couple people I think you know, um, Sandra Bullock and, and Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and so the, those guys are on a press junket, and I guess on bigger cities than Sonoma, but it's cool that the directors are coming, and, and the Lost City, they have a big um, studio film. The kick us off is, is great. And to what you were talking about, we're about, you know, the, everyone's known Sonoma Valley for the food and wine. So we have different culinary events, and we have something that's called Chefs and Shorts. It's on Thursday night. Six celebrity films are paired with six short films. Something in the short film inspires the chef to create his or her course. The chef comes out, talks about her course, his course. They show the film, and then it's served. And this year, the king of culinary is Jacques Pepin. And so we're honoring Jacques Pepin, who will be here 91 years young, and the guy is still on fire. So that's Thursday. And then Friday, we're doing a lunch with Joanne Weir. She has a PBS show that's called Plates and Places. And so that's going to take place, too. So, you know, we try to deliver on the whole film, food, wine, and fun thing. Man, it sounds like you're doing it up big time. Now, for someone that's going, uh, first of all, uh, how many days should they should they plan to come? Uh, are there accommodations nearby? Uh, what would you yep, tell them? Uh, there are. Yeah. Well, you know what? We have a, um, you're, you're, a lot of your listeners are in Sacramento, and we have 79 premieres, which is pretty good out of 120 films. And we have a handful of um, world premieres, you know, films that have never been seen. And we have one film that's called Fair Play, and it's done by a woman who's had two other films um, in our film festival. Um, She's not only a remarkable um, filmmaker, she's a remarkable mother, and she also happens to be the First Lady of California. And so um, Jennifer Siebel Newsom has got fair play, and so we couldn't be more proud and happy to have her. And if you want to get tickets or passes, the best thing to do, Tom, is go on to our website, which is SonomaFilmFest.org, and you can get all your passes, all the hospitality partners that we have, and most importantly, your listeners can go up to the top tab. It says festival. They pull down the film guide, and all of our films are there. There's little posters that are attached to each film. They have a trailer. They have a synopsis. They have the days and times, so that you can plan out ahead of time um, what films you want to see. And and so we're very very user friendly. We're not about you know walkie talkies and velvet ropes and lots of security. We're a very interactive festival, and I think that um, this is what has gotten us to our 25th year. 
And by the way, uh, we will have that link, if you missed it, at TravelGuysRadio.com. That's TravelGuysRadio.com. You can go there, and we'll have a link to uh, to the uh, address that uh, Kevin just gave us. And you can go ahead and make arrangements to get your tickets, find out all about it. Our special guest from the Sonoma Film Festival today, Kevin McNeely, the artistic director. Kevin, uh, for people going this year, if you had to pick three things that would you would consider to be must-see, and I'm sure that's too few. Uh, what would you put right. at the top of your list? Uh, oh my goodness! So you know, I, I think our our opening night film is is uh, uh, Lost City. Um, uh, we also um, I would recommend um, we have lots of culinary films, so um, that's great. I would recommend um, if you're into the LGBTQ, we have a, an amazing film called Jump Darling. Um, we have music films um, about Buddy Guy and Alanis Morissette. We have a wonderful film called Rickshaw. And if you like sports action, um, we have everything from Stoke the Fire to um, Exposure, which is all about mountain climbing. So if you go onto our website, you'll see these categories, Tom. We do it from animals, art, design, music, culinary, environment, um, social justice, LGBTQ, Spanish language films and sports action. So we try to break it down for those people that have an interest in a certain area. Uh, totally, totally amazing. The 25th anniversary. So much to see, so much to do. This is amazing. Uh, tell folks tell, again what the dates are. Oh, it's, it's March 23rd, which is a Wednesday, through Sunday the 27th. It's just in a couple of weeks. Yes. And our parties at night, Tom, are unbelievable. <laughs> we have... Afrolicious playing Friday night and Saturday night. We have a Brazilian world band. So I think, you know, we're going to celebrate our 25th in, in high fashion with the best of the best. So I hope to welcome you and if Mark's up to it, um, to see both you guys here in a couple weeks. It would be outstanding. Kevin McNeely, Artistic Director with the Sonoma Film Festival. Great information. Again, folks, links to all of this is at TravelGuysRadio.com. Thanks, Kevin, so much for being with the travel guys all right the travel guys are cool thank you sir take care sounds like tom that that is going to be one heck of a festival and that's next week um starts midweek and runs all through next weekend in sonoma doesn't it sound like fun it does it like i mentioned in the uh in the interview i'm going to put that on my short list uh like he mentioned the nice thing about it is is that all of the theaters that have the different films in their gobs and gobs of them uh are within walking distance so you don't have to get in a car and drive to some other theater venue uh you know their food and wine and and everything uh it really, really sounds good. And don't forget, folks, you go to TravelGuysRadio.com. We'll have a link to uh, all the information. Their website is robust, everything you need, and including you'll get some clips of some of the films as well. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, there pretty you go. Cool. You can even just go down for, you know, for the day. Right. And turn around and come back home. Um, Tom, before we go to the break here, um, there's a, a little thing that I wanted to bring up here. I need some help from our listeners. Um, I came across a story here. That um, it says, here's what you need to know before donating your old luggage to foster care. I had never thought about this before. Um, Lots of foster kids, uh, in fact, most of them, um, have to relocate from more than, than one home during their foster experience. And frequently when kids are moving from one home to another, they have nowhere, no way to transport their stuff. It ends up being 
thrown into shopping bags or garbage bags or yeah. cardboard boxes. And, you know, I mean, the, the whole situation is not all that terrific to start with, but it just seems like that that's just, you know, throwing a, a little bit more onto the fire. Anyways, if there's anyone out there who is associated with any sort of foster care um, facility in the greater Sacramento area and can help me with this, um, I'd like to – I'm looking for where does – Somebody who collects this luggage and can tell me that, yes, we would love to have it. And here's some parameters and some guidelines on what we need. And uh, so that maybe we could set about getting our listeners to to um, take their old luggage to some place that might help these foster kids. So anyway, if you are a member of an organization or a volunteer for a foster care organization and this sounds anywhere familiar to you or something that sounds like you might want to be involved in, if you would go to TravelGuysRadio.com, um, there's a place there where you can leave a note. You can send a note. It'll show up in my mailbox tomorrow, or you're welcome to give me a call at Sports Leisure Vacations uh, tomorrow, anytime, and we can we can talk about it. But anyways, just uh, it seemed like a something that might be a, a, a worthy cause. And if we could direct some some suitcases that were headed for the trash to some place where they would be of value to some uh, children, why then I think that would be a good thing. That's great, and I would imagine with the uh, number of sports leisure vacationers that. Uh that you've been associated with that are still on your on your club uh, and listen to this program, we could probably supply a lot of uh, secondhand uh, luggage to these kids. So there you go. Welcome. It's the Travel and Entertainment Guys brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. It's the uh, final, final segment of today's program. Got some good stuff for you before we uh, wrap up the show. Mark, uh, what you got for me? Did you see the story about the shipwreck in Antarctica? It was off the coast of Antarctica? I did not. Uh, You you and I were talking earlier. You mentioned about uh, finding – what is it? Is it an actual old wooden ship like a pirate ship? It's a wooden vessel. It sank in 1915. It is in 9,800 feet of water. Whoa. Uh, in uh, the northern coast of Antarctica, and apparently is in uh, is completely intact. So that's what is causing all of this uh, uh, excitement. Let's see. It departed from the UK. It was on a journey called the Imperial Trans Antarctic Expedition. Uh, the ship got stuck amid thick in a, impenetrable ice. Uh, Twenty eight men on board, including. Uh, the gentleman who headed up the expedition and banded the ship and set up rudimentary camp facilities on ice flows that were floating northward. Eventually, the team made it to uninhabited Elephant Island, got a lifeboat. This is an amazing. You can go to TravelGuysRadio.com if you haven't read about this or heard about it. These guys did survive. The, the boat now has been found 9,800 so, feet yeah, so underwater. It, it was embedded in the ice and then eventually... It thawed, or the ice it broke loose, and then it sank. My guess, yeah, it's exactly, exactly. This is Falklands Maritime Heritage Trust is uh, partially responsible for the research on this, but uh, sounds fascinating. If you're into shipwrecks, and lots of people are, um, it sounds to go like to Key my West, life, you know. 
<laughs> you, you go to Key West, there was Key West basically came into existence because of shipwrecks, because so many ships got wrecked down there off the Florida Keys. And it was a huge business to go out and um, ravage the, what was left of the uh, shipwrecks. And so anyways, I don't know if that's legitimate travel or not. But uh, <laughs> for those of you who are interested, TravelGuysRadio.com has the full story of Ernest Shackleton's endurance ship being found after 107 years after it sank. Okay, yeah. uh, Tom, we were talking about last week was uh, one of the days was designated as International Women's Day. Did you notice that? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Hard not to. Yes. Um, <clears throat> as a married man, it probably is in your best interest. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have a lot of ladies who work for me. And over the years, um, it's no huge secret. There have been more women than men on the staff at, at my company, and the ladies have played a huge role, a disproportionate role in everything that's come out of there. Some of the ideas and stuff, I would be happy to take credit for the execution of those ideas, however, um, is an entirely different situation. So as someone who's been in business for 40 years, I have really tried to make an effort to pay my employees equally, male, female, uh, regardless if they were people of color or for whatever reason that they were there, it, people who, who had the same job descriptions and did the same jobs um, were paid at or at least approximately at the same level without regard to their gender. I say that um, not because I'm looking for kudos, but because last week, International Women's Day caused a lot of companies to... Uh, put forth public relations announcements or public service announcements saying, hey, you know, congratulations to women. We're glad they're part of our team and part of the workforce. And it's great to have them on board and it's great to have everybody be equal. Right. Well, um, that all sounds terrific, except that, as some of us are pretty aware, um, pay scales for men and women in many occupations are not equal. And the hospitality industry is one of those where that is the case, particularly as you work your way up into the higher echelons of things. For example, airline pilots. We had a story earlier in the news about uh, uh, what was it, Canard naming a female ship captain for the first time for a ship that's going to go into the water in 2024. So I think it's great that they are that they found a female captain. My only question is um, would be why did it take you this long? to find a lady who was qualified to have that position. Anyway, um, this couple in Great Britain uh, did their homework. They had a, uh, a Twitter uh, handle called Pay Gap App. They started out with 2,000 followers at the beginning of International Women's Day. They ended up the day with 128,000 followers. Their goal was to get some of these companies that came out bragging about grateful they were to have women as a part of their workforce um, except that the statistics showed otherwise, that women weren't making equal pay for the same job in their companies and mm -hmm. that perhaps they needed to look internally. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. So they pulled back the curtain, huh? You know, talk, uh -huh. is, talk is cheap. And, I, you know, I, this it's sometimes very difficult to find out what these companies are paying. Uh, you know, they, they, they talk a good talk, but they, they don't walk the walk. So what was the outcome? Well, the outcome in Great Britain was that there were a lot of companies that were exposed to um, there's a low cost airline over there, Ryanair, um, mm -hmm. which did a, a big uh, PR thing for International Women's Day. Well, turns out 
that uh, at Ryanair, women's median hourly pay is only 68 percent of what men's is. So they're only making roughly two thirds. Ryanair's the number of of female pilots, and this study does not indicate the number, but the number of female pilots that make up part of the pilot team at Ryanair is lower than any other female representation in any other airline that's headquartered in Britain. Um, I can tell you that this is a big issue here in the United States. Uh, Many of the women that I know in the hospitality and tourism industry um, who have worked there for years make uh, have sales positions and the like where they make less money than men who have not been there as long or do as much. So um, this is and, and I thought it was kind of interesting that on this day when companies were I, it, it, there was a little bit of hypocrisy going on here, running around and, and sticking out their chest and saying, well, you know, we're we're all equal here. After all, we're in the hospitality industry. And you had people like Marriott and Hilton and some of your major airlines and other people who are related in the hospitality industry, like uh, car rental firms and stuff like that, running these things either on their own websites, on their Facebook pages, uh, paying money to, to run these stories in the media, national media, local media, etc. They're kind of talking off the top of their head. And I, I think it's important that these folks in Great Britain um, work to call out the people over there, women on the average earned 83% of what men earned, according to the American Association of University Women for the year 2020. Now, that's not just the hospitality industry. That's every industry all over. So that's 17%. Interestingly enough, Tom, in the hospitality industry, uh, the, one of the biggest deficiencies come for Asian Americans or Pacific Islanders. And the the category that comes in the lowest in terms of fairness and equity in terms of paying men and women based on gender Mm -hmm. um, are back of the house jobs, housekeeping, uh, dishwashing, things like that. Um, The ladies are still being paid significantly less than what the men are being paid. So it's time for the hospitality industry to step forward. They talk about how they're an industry of the people. So start being of the people and start paying everybody equally. It's not that tough. And there you go. And without having to, uh, Frame it. That's not just one man's opinion. Yeah, well, that's a lot you know, of people's I mean, I think opinion. It, exactly. I think it's a lot of people's opinion. Hey, I want to. Speaking of housekeepers, before we go here, we've only got about a minute left. I wanted to mention something. Um, housekeepers, uh, bellmen, things like that, are their gratuities have fallen off dramatically. Why? People are not carrying cash anymore. Tell me about so it. So you don't have that. Yeah, you don't have that two, three bucks to leave on the bed. So and this is really important income to some of these people. These are folks on the bottom level. So, hey, um, before you head out on the road, grab those dollar bills, throw them in your backpack, you know, wherever it is, grab a lot of them. And so you can spread the, the, the wealth around as you're out on the road. That That is so, so true. I have found myself in many a situations where I didn't plan ahead. I was ready to depart or whatever. And, you know, and then I dare you to go to a Starbucks and say, hey, look, can I get some cash back when I might purchase yeah. my coffee <laughs> so that I can use it for tips? They'll they, they laugh at you. So you, you do. You got to plan ahead. And uh, because uh, the they're not going to let you put it on on their their card when they finish cleaning the room and hand you a scanner or something well all right looks like it's about time to wrap up another travel guys mark thank you uh travel safe back from santa barbara all righty thank you to everyone for listening remember dance like nobody's watching 
All right. Stay well, my friends. We'll see you next time here on The Travel Guys.